Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Good morning and welcome to Saturday mornings here on Money FM 89.3. Let's get on to our first guest right now. Uh, Don Pierce joining us from apparently New York City, the, the 60th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. Of course, the, many of the um, conspiracy theories are always brought back up again, and uh, it's always a fun time to talk about this. Good morning, Don. Good morning, gents. Uh, so good to be with you from a chilly uh, New York City. Now, why are you in New York and not in Washington where you normally uh, hunker down? Uh, New York's home, so uh, all the family's still up here. Oh. We had the big turkey dinner last night uh, sure. for Thanksgiving. That makes sense. And, and the photo uh, you just sent was fabulous. I mean, it was uh, the ice skating rink. It looked like at Rockefeller Center with a big tree. It looks phenomenal, Don. That's right, and it is it is bedlam down there, let me tell you. Everybody else had the same idea we did. <laughs> All right, Don, let's get right into it. This past Wednesday, the 22nd, uh, was the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And, of course, we keep bringing it up, but I guess my question to you is, why has why is this still capturing everyone's imagination 60 years on this story? This is the father, perhaps the grandfather at 60, right? The grandfather of conspiracy theories. Mm. Um, I remember being, I would say probably in my, maybe my tweens, when I first started reading about the alternative theories about the Kennedy assassination. I, uh, I grew up in a an Irish Catholic family, so um, there were three pictures on my on the Irish side of my family on the grandparents' wall, and it was um, one of them was John Kennedy, the other was Jesus, <laughs> and the third was a picture of, um, of Ron and Nancy Reagan involved. Wait, the, the but, Pope? The Pope yeah, wasn't there? I thought the Pope well, I would, thought be, the the pope would be there. Pope, pope, pope didn't make the cut. Um, <laughs> let's just say there's a lot. There's still a lot of animus about Vatican II. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's, that's for that's for another morning. A little bit too liberal for them. Okay. So so now that we are now that we are in the Kennedy season again, is there anything new? So I don't think there's ever anything truly new under the sun. Hmm. I I have not read um, Landis's book. I do plan on it at some point. So a guy kept Paul and, Landis, a former Secret Service agent yes. who's come out with the new thing, thing, thing. He claims to have picked up the bullet from the limousine and right. dropped it on a stretcher, which nobody can <laughs> validate, and nobody's alive to validate it, Don. That's, and, you know, what I find interesting is this is like admitting to tampering with the crime scene yeah. long after the uh, statute of limitations would have been up on that. So yeah, yeah. I take it all with a grain of salt. I can barely remember what I did Thanksgiving five years ago. Forget about, you know, 50. (laughs) So I do think that sometimes the stories we tell ourselves to get through the day, you know, maybe not the truth, but at least what we're sticking to. And I I am, again, full disclosure, haven't read the book yet. And I'm interested to hear his story. However, the book that I did read, (laughs) I think, lays out the the simplest, the most elegant conspiracy theory um, is a book called uh, Mortal Error by, uh, by Bonner Menninger, and it tells the story of Howard Donahue, who was a, uh, a ballistics expert who looked at 
all of the information um, and, in fact, participated in the recreation of whether or not three rounds could have been fired from that rifle, from that sniper's nest that was uh, used. And his conclusion was that it could have been an accidental discharge from a Secret Service agent's rifle. Whoa. In the follow car. Whoa. And I... And the reason that I like, and of, of course, I encourage anyone who's interested in this to read that book and make your own conclusions. But the reason that I think that of the conspiracy theories, that this is the one that I put stock into and would believe most readily is I am a firm believer in Occam's razor. Mm. And this explains so many things about the decisions that were made mm. about the the, the conspiracy theory about the autopsy as to why it was conducted by someone with very little forensic experience. The, the why, why was the bullet magically found or missing? You know, where, you know the, the whole magic bullet theory of one round being able to take that 90-degree turn, mm. none of it makes sense unless you start thinking this was to cover up. And it was to cover up perhaps for... I shouldn't say the right reasons, but for understandable reasons. Mm, The last thing that, let's say, President Lyndon B. Johnson would want would be to find out that the Secret Service was not all they were cracked Killed the president, yeah. Sorry, we're talking to Don Pierce, senior advisor, tourist trade advisor. He also retired special agent for the U.S. Department of Commerce and our often guest when we talk about a lot of things, but Kennedy is one of them. Yeah, and jumping in, Don, as you said there, retired special agent, you, you are, and I just have to put the picture on it. So how does it work? If this Secret Service guy, special agent guy, accidentally discharged his weapon and killed JFK. How does the theory hold that there were three shots? Are we suggesting that um, Oswald fired shots, and in the panic, the kill shot went off? Is that, is that the theory? That is the theory. And, in fact, it would have been that had that accidental discharge not happened, the, uh, the wounds incurred from that sniper, <laughs> I have to laugh because I almost said John Wilkes Booth. For some reason, I'm getting my presidential assassins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many assassinations, so little time. But yes, carry on. Uh, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll come out of the Lincoln that era. Those, yeah. That perhaps those rounds um, would not have killed Kennedy or mm. would have, you know, perhaps wounded him, um, but not fatally. And there, again, they, they could show that those, that a, even a, a, a person with minimal training and just familiarity with that firearm would be able to make the number of shots necessary. Yeah. Now, how many did he make is the question yeah. and how many were effective? Now, Don, let and, me jump in there if, if I can and just ask you this. I think the conspiracy theory was really born, not because of the assassination of the president, but really because of the shooting of Oswald. The fact that the very two days later, a local nightclub owner, Jack Ruby, he shoots Oswald. Mm. That's when the conspiracy theories really begin because the man himself, the only person that could have settled this one way or the other for motive, was killed within 48 hours. So where does Jack Ruby fit into your hypothesis? Uh, That is a very good question, and I would say that it probably goes down to either you believe Ruby's story if he was just so incensed that he had to do it, 
or there is another conspiracy that was intending to kill the president. And the uh, those of us who've seen the movie JFK, I think it's it's a uh, very well laid out. It's 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 again um, perhaps not the most not the cleanest conspiracy. Not the easiest to imagine, but it, it, it takes take a point. A it takes a point of view that's a very specific point of view that not everybody agrees Which with, though, right? Generally yeah. debunked. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, Oliver Stone exactly. did. It was an amazing movie to watch Brilliant. theatrically, but yeah, you could you could say that it's it's not a historical factual documentation. No, of what happened, no, right? and anyone yeah. who tells you it is yeah, yeah. has bought the you know bought into the theory. Drunk and the Kool Aid. Yeah. That is, I think that is probably the biggest. Thing Danger with these theories. If uh, if if you ever find yourself in in Dallas and get down to Dealey Plaza, the uh, there isn't a there is a JFK assassination museum in the book depository building, you mm. know, where you can go and you can see exactly what the view from the perch would have looked like. You mm. can't go to his corner; it's blocked off. But you can get a really good idea. And one of the things that I think the museum does very well is it lays out many of these conspiracy theories and debunks the ones that are debunkable. Mm. And most of them are. And the problem here is that you have, you have uh, especially I think in today's age, where we have so many people that believe that because they have an internet connection, that means they have unlimited knowledge. Mm. And they'll believe whatever they read. And if they get enough of this kind of half information, mm-hmm. half fact, half speculation, they start to lose that track. They start to lose where the speculation begins and where the facts end. And I, I honestly think we'll still be discussing this even after all of those classified materials that everyone is just chomping at the bit to see are eventually released on that, about the assassination. On that point, Don, is that in some ways the most depressing legacy of the assassination? Because after that, Robert Kennedy was shot, Martin Luther King was shot, you had Watergate, you had Vietnam. It gave birth to the rise of the culture of conspiracies that we're still dealing with to this day with the far right in the US and elsewhere, Donald Trump. There are still people who believe JFK is alive. There are still people who believe Robert Kennedy is alive. Living with Elvis in Palm Springs. I mean, that in some ways, Don, is the saddest (laughs) legacy. It gave rise to the conspiracy culture in the US. I agree with you there. I think it lends credibility to other conspiracy theories because everyone has an opinion about the the JFK assassination. And many of those opinions do come from those conspiracy theories. And it serves to break down the the trust and faith in in the American government, in law enforcement, in the intelligence community. It really, it it does a disservice to us all. There is, you know, the, the, the definitely the challenge of living in a society where speech is free is everyone is allowed to have an opinion. Even if that opinion you think mm. is completely wrong, people are entitled to it. And you have to be able to judge not just the information that you're taking in on your own, but also the influence of the information that you might be providing that might be misconstrued or might be taken as fact when it is speculation. And I know there are many places that are very clear about drawing that line and Mm. showing, you know, this is primary source information and this is what we think it means. And I think that's a great first step. And I think if we hold our sources of information to that 
very minimal standard of, listen, tell me when you're just making this up based on what you believe, and I can then judge whether or not I think you're right. I think that's uh, it's a good start. I mean, yeah. we'll never get rid of the conspiracy theory. They're too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are. And that's why we had you on this morning. Uh, Don, thanks. We do have to leave it there. Don Pierce, Senior Advisor, Taurus Trade Advisory, and Retired Special Agent, U.S. Department of Commerce. Appreciate your time today. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Happy holidays in the, uh, in, in, in the beautiful summer weather you've got. Thanks, Don. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.